Hi, and welcome to the Budding Industry Podcast, a brand new podcast where we'll be interviewing cannabis entrepreneurs, people who found their way into this newly legal market uh, and are capitalizing and really making a living for themselves. I'm your co-host, Gabe Lewis, uh, along with David Kovac. Hi, guys. We're, we're both really excited to bring you this new show, um, which we came up with basically a bit late to the game, but... We are interested in hearing from people who are capitalizing on the on cannabis and the sector and hearing their stories about how they got into business, um, whether it, it was something that they always had in mind to do or whether they kind of just fell into the industry. And uh, we're excited to bring you these stories and hopefully you'll uh, take something out of them and be inspired to learn more about the industry or, or get into the industry yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that was pretty much our 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 motivation for doing this. We were both thinking about, you know, what kind of businesses would be out there. Anything beyond just you know growing and selling cannabis in a legal market, um, but all the other types of businesses that go with that. Any type of service, you know, people who help people grow at home, who, who release products that. Uh, that, that can help you grow your own cannabis, anybody who makes anything particularly for the cannabis sector, whether it's a product or service, we're interested in talking to all kinds of entrepreneurs like that. Uh, and that's the group of people we've really targeted and we've got, uh, we've, we've seen some great response so far and we're, we're really excited to share it with you. Um, and that's basically our story. We, uh, without taking up too much time, we'll get pretty quickly into our first interview right here, which was with Jill Pollard. She runs something called the Herb Life, the Herb Life, Herb Life, uh, emphasis on the herb because it's a female-oriented cannabis brand. Um, she basically started this as a blog uh, for herself. It was a bit of a passion project, and then it turned into something real. She realized she was getting an audience. She focused, spent a lot of time building up her, her writing. She, she gathered a team of writers uh, and really turned this into a brand. So I think that was a pretty interesting you know, avenue to take into this industry where it, she has nothing to do with growing or selling cannabis, but she's actually just, you know, writing about it, writing about the culture, because along with, you know, the normalization of legalized, legalized cannabis comes this whole culture, you know, just like we have sommeliers for wine and people can write magazines and, and, and cover wine in the same way. Uh, I think we're going to see that with cannabis as well. So it's cool to see somebody like this early on. So without giving, a, giving too much else away, I think we'll just uh, jump into it and I hope you guys enjoy. Stripped down to my skin and my bones. I love huskies, but I feel like a wolf. In a pack, but I feel all alone. I'm scared So welcome to another episode of the Budding Industry Podcast. As always, I'm your host Gabe here with David. And today we have uh, we're really excited to have Jill Pollard with us. She's the creator of the Herb Life, emphasis on the her part of that, because it's a female-oriented cannabis lifestyle brand. Jill, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. So just really jumping right into it, can you tell us what the Herb Life is and where the idea sort of came from? Yeah, sure. So uh, the Herb Life celebrates the feminine cannabis experience, and we do that through stories and essays and interviews with female leaders in the cannabis space. Um, we're primarily a website, but we're also launching a magazine and have many many plans to jump onto many different platforms in the coming coming months 
Awesome. So yeah, how did that whole thing get started? Ah, sure. Um, well, my background is sales and marketing and corporate communications. And, you know, to be honest, that can be a little bit dry sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I needed a, a creative outlet. And so I had this blog that I just kind of was working on for for ages, you know, a year or so. And I think for a little while it was the URL was jillpollard.com. And I was just kind of testing ideas and theories. And um, eventually the idea of the herb life kind of gelled and I, and I changed the name and redesigned it and just started writing and then started like really actively trying to attract other writers. And, and it all just kind of came together after that. Awesome. I mean, that sounds, sounds good. Started off as a, as a side project, passion project became something that, that became real. I'd say that's the dream for most people. Kind of the dream, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was about two years of, you know, writing at night and on the weekends and, you know, begging and pleading with other writers to submit stuff and then editing their stuff. And, um, you know, so it was it was fun, but it was a lot of work. Uh, and then I finally got to a place where I was just like, I just want to do this. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask, how did uh, when did you have that realization that you said, okay, now I could, this could be what I do? Sure. So, I mean, it first occurred to me that maybe that could happen um, maybe about a year ago, uh, but it took another six months of kind of planning and, you know, setting money aside mm -hmm. and uh, trying to position myself to be able to not do any other projects and just focus on this. Right. Um, so I guess officially it became my full-time job in January of 2018. Wow, so you're real fresh. Real fresh, <laughs> super new. <laughs> That's awesome. So going back to the, the concept of the, the female-oriented brand, the lifestyle brand, the blogging and everything like that, how did you sure. identify that that was something you wanted to focus on? Um, well, it's very simple. It's essentially, I'm a female. And so when I write, no that's kidding. the perspective that I write from. <laughs> So, you know, uh, a lot of times people will ask me, you know, like, why, why do you exclude males? And it's, that's not the point, you know, <laughs> it's not, you know, we're not trying to exclude anybody. It's just more, I, I couldn't write from a man's perspective. It would be inauthentic and weird. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a very simple tagline that describes how I write. And then, uh, we, we actually have several male writers, um, who, who write for us, and, and I hear from men that they like to read the website, so that's great. I encourage that. <laughs> that's cool. That's interesting. Did you find that before Herb Life, uh, there, was, there was something lacking that was speaking towards women in cannabis? A little bit. Um, and I mean that, like, I don't, I don't mean to say that there's nobody out there speaking to women in cannabis. There's lots of people. Like, it's definitely having a moment right now, which is wonderful. Um, but I found that for years I was writing, I was writing about cannabis, but it was always either from a medical perspective, you know, like talking to patients about how cannabis could potentially be beneficial, or it was, uh, from like a corporate perspective, talking to shareholders. And I, you know, I, my whole life I've really enjoyed fashion magazines and you know sites like BuzzFeed like some stuff that's fun and lighthearted. yep and I just felt like 
there wasn't really anything out there that was doing that, but with a cannabis theme. And so I find that most things that I do in my life, I do because I'm missing it. You know, I, I mm-hmm. want that thing to, to exist. So, I, so that's what happened with her life. I just sort of created the, the, the magazine that I wish I could go buy. <laughs> right. That makes perfect sense. If it's not there, why not uh, create it yourself? Um, what? How would you categorize the the content uh, on 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 the website? Is it? Would you say it's news oriented, or was is it just more thoughts about the lifestyle? Oh yeah, no, it's definitely not news oriented. We're you know we're not breaking stories at all. Right. But we take a very lighthearted, positive approach to writing about your everyday life and how cannabis might fit into that. Um, we kind of try to publish stories that touch on cannabis use without it being a big deal. So mm-hmm. kind of like it's just there. It's just part of our lifestyles. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you've gone into the different directions in terms of the print magazine, uh, the podcast you started, uh, the blog, and I know you've started to do, to do some merchandising too. Um, so what? How, how did that kind of come about? Sure. Um, so, okay, for example, with the podcast, which um, which is actually not a Herb Life project. It's a, it's a collaboration between myself and Rachel Colick, who's the uh, genius behind Eves of Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is a dear friend of mine. She's, you know, one of the smartest women I know. She's a brand strategist based in Toronto. And she and I would have these, you know, regular phone calls where we would just be sort of touching base and how are you doing? How's work? And, you know, we would call them our bitch sessions. And, uh, and you know, she one day she came to me and she was like, how do you feel about the idea of a podcast? Like, we're having these phone calls anyway. Uh, we think we're funny, you know. <laughs> We'd like to introduce more women who who use cannabis to you know a greater audience and i was i was thrilled because i had been talking about wanting to do a podcast for years i just i hadn't done it and so rachel was really the the kind of catalyst to to making me get up off the couch and create this podcast yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a tough first step getting off the couch right it's hard and it's scary uh, <laughs> but she was like you know don't be a baby let's do this yeah, sounds great. Um, so yeah. as an overall publication and brand, how have you managed to build an audience? Did you, did a lot of it sort of happen organically or did you really put a specific effort into that? Definitely organically um, and through consistent content, you know, uh, through, through Instagram was a huge, huge part of it. Um, Instagram is really where I managed to connect with a lot of people and I spent a good deal amount of time the first couple of years on Instagram just trying to to connect with other brands and you know figure out who was in the space doing similar things or things that could be complementary. Um, but you know other than that, it's really just been, a matter of like putting my head down and just doing it and, and putting that stuff out there. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned Instagram because I was I did a bit of digging to see you know you know how big you guys were and, and, and all that and I saw that the biggest numbers you know you're on all the platforms you're on Pinterest you're on Tumblr Twitter and all that but I saw that Instagram definitely had the highest numbers so I was kind of wondering like 
was that a specific choice that you said Instagram is, is the, the way I think is, is the best way to get in touch with an audience? Yes, definitely. So Instagram is very much our home, um, which, you know, makes me a little bit nervous because as a marketer, I just, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of danger to sort of, you know, building your home on rented land as it were. Yep. Uh, but, you know, like it, if we were to lose our Instagram account, I'd be devastated. Uh, but having said that, it was still the best platform to convey the messages that I want and more importantly, connect with the people that I wanted to connect with. Um, yeah, how do you, yeah. how do you find the interaction sort of went there? Did you find that there were was it like mostly comments on the pictures? Were you getting direct messages, things like that? In the beginning, mostly comments on the pictures. Um, and I was like, I was like one of those. You would almost call me a spammer. Like I was like hashtags all over the place, yeah. and like all day long scrolling through Instagram and commenting and liking and you know basically just being like, hi, hi, I'm Jill. <laughs> you know, come and look at my page. You're hustling. And, uh, yeah, eventually it kind of worked and paid off, and and yeah, I'm very pleased with it now. Hmm. Awesome. So you know, how do you feel? You know, yours is your your brand is pretty geared towards again, as we've said a few times, towards the the female cannabis user. But just to sort of take a step back, how do you feel about cannabis culture as a whole, the way it's evolved lately? Obviously, it's become a lot more mainstream. You know. With 420 used to be an underground thing. Now it's covered in the news. You'll everybody talks about it. Things like that. How do you feel about the culture, the way and the way it's evolved lately? Well, I think it's wonderful that everybody's talking about it and that it's become a little more mainstream and that there's more and more platforms for uh, you know for people to create content like this and you know podcasts like this one I think that's great I'm completely in favor of it um, I'd love to see it normalized the same way you know wine or whiskey is um, so I'm in favor and you know the one thing the one thing that I think is really important is there are so many really great brands that are out there who are sort of educating the new consumer um, and, you know, elevating the conversation, as it were. Uh, but I feel like for Herblife, it's really, really important that we just acknowledge that, you know, our audience has been using cannabis for a long time and, you know, likely has a favorite strain and is perfectly okay being called a stoner. And that's, that's really us. Mm-hmm. How would you categorize your own relationship with cannabis? You said you you, you just mentioned you people who don't I, have a problem being identified as a stoner, but you know what what's your own relationship and history with it? Oh, my history goes back long, long time with cannabis. Um, so our my relationship is very positive. With it. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know I grew up in a household with some very artistic, free-spirited hippies, you know, who were very pro-plant medicine in general. So it just, like, it wasn't a weird thing. It was, it wasn't, um, like, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was villainized in my home growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've always used it therapeutically. Um, But then one day it kind of, you know, the light bulb kind of went on and I was like, oh, hey, I, that headache I had an hour ago is gone. Like, oh, <laughs> this must be cannabis related. And then I started diving into it and I was just like, this thing is, this is like the best plant in the world. Everybody needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell the people. Tell the people. Oh my gosh, yes. It will change their lives. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, everybody, and I, you know, I feel like sometimes I live in a bit of a bubble where, like, everybody around me kind of feels the same way I feel. Like, I, there's nobody in my orbit who's like, oh, cannabis is bad. Yeah, you have that, <laughs> e- that echo chamber sort of thing going on. Yeah, so it's like constantly reinforced. So I'm just walking around like, yeah, you know, weed's the best thing in the world. So I'm always really, really taken aback when I come across somebody who is like adamantly anti-cannabis. How have you handled that when you do? Um, well, you know, the, the way you would handle anything like that, you know, with compassion and to try to be understanding and not get drawn into a fight and if the person is open to maybe learning a little bit about it, then I'm happy to share information. But otherwise, um, you know, just trying to be respectful of everybody's wishes. Yeah. So you you take the respectful, rational approach that, you know, everybody these days takes, you know, everybody on the internet, when you speak to them, they, they have the same idea that they're just going to be calm and rational and reasonable about it. Right. (laughs) No trolling. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Have you found that at all with, you know, being a, a social media presence? Have you have you run into that a lot? Any trolls, anything like that? Yeah, but you know what? Not in a long time. So, like, knock on wood, I've, I've been really lucky in recent years. I think the last time I had to deal with anything really, really negative was, like, back in, I don't know, 2014, 2015, when I was working with um, Thunderbird Biomedical, um, so that, that's an LP, they're now called Emerald Health. But at the time, I remember there was this, this like series of months where I was getting uh, like really weird threats over social media. Hmm. And it was, it was all like, oh, you know, you scum of the earth, you work for an LP, I hate you and I'm gonna do this, this and this to you. And it was a little bit scary. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, also kind of like, well, how are they gonna find me? So. <laughs> <laughs> also, since then, I you know I really haven't like the occasional sort of nasty Twitter comment, but really nothing. I you know I yeah I've been very lucky. Knock on wood. I guess if you get that reaction from some people, you kind of feel like you might be doing something something right. Right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe I need to try harder and like get stronger <laughs> reactions from people. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you as a, as a feminist lifestyle like brand? Did you did you run into that like criticism from people? Did you run into those like that toxic masculinity at all? A little bit. It's like a little bit and it's usually to do with, you know, our name and our tagline. We'll get a little bit of like, "Oh, why why just the feminine cannabis experience?" And, you know, when I when I take a moment to explain that I just cannot possibly authentically write from a masculine experience, you know, they usually are like, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't don't think there's anything wrong with being interested in a certain angle of something. You know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't mean you're excluding everything else. It's just you happen to be interested about it. That's what you started writing about. And uh, yeah, I don't understand. Personally, obviously, I don't understand why people get worked up about that. But you know, uh, there's a lot I don't understand. Obviously. Well, except I mean, inclusivity does not mean exclusivity. Um, you know, and and sometimes I'll remind people that there's nothing wrong with publications like Men's Health or GQ, and they are very specifically geared toward you know men or those who identify as men, and that's okay. I'm not offended by that. Yeah, right. for sure. 
would you have any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs or someone who's trying to build a, a cannabis brand? Is there any one piece of advice that sticks out in your mind? Yeah, network, network, network. Get out there and meet as many people as you can and be open to as many collaborations as you can. I mean, you'll learn so much from other people, but just those relationships are so important going forward. Mm -hmm. How did you manage to do that yourself? I know you worked a bit in the industry. Was that really your gateway into it or... Or did you really have to work hard in finding where this community was? Because it hasn't always been easy. Obviously, now we're, we're entering the golden era for it. Every you, know, you can find anybody by walking down the street and asking, but it, it didn't used to be so public. No, no. And I, you know, I live on Vancouver Island where you know, the culture is deeply entrenched. And you know, there are families that have been growing cannabis for generations, but they don't talk about it you know so yes working in the industry definitely helped open doors um i was also the founding chairwoman of a woman grow chapter here on the island so that helped a lot uh because now we're putting on like monthly events and and you have to be out there and talking to people um now like today i i will take any opportunity to get on an airplane and go somewhere you know where an event is happening in order to meet with or spend time with colleagues just because it's so important and I I kind of miss that a little bit on the island so I'm definitely willing to travel for it now <laughs> I know you're an advocate for for legalization obviously and and for safe access to cannabis so does that extend to to herb life as well or is that more of uh coming from Jill well that's definitely coming from Jill but yeah no herb life you know as a as an entity is very much in favor of, of legalization, of safe access. And by safe access, I mean, you know, giving Canadians and, well, I mean, giving everybody really the ability to purchase cannabis legally so that they're not in danger of going to jail or losing their children, um, of being able to purchase cannabis that's clean or free of pesticides or, you know, is the strain that you think it is, or has the cannabinoid profile that you expect it to have. Um, I think that's all really important going forward. And, uh, and I'm a, I would advocate for that at, at all terms. For sure. And to that point, how do you feel, you know, you don't have to get political on anything here, but how do you feel about the way legalization is taking place nationwide? In general, for the most part, I'm thrilled it's happening. I'm very happy. There are little things I would change. Um, you know, for example, I would want to see, I would want to see more opportunity for small business to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, it's very, very difficult to become a licensed producer. So my hope is with these micro licenses, like micro cultivation and micro processing, that more people can participate, particularly people who you know, are now currently in what we would call the black market. Right. I'm sure most of those people would prefer to operate legally, and I would love to see them have the opportunity. I mean, I would love to have the opportunity if I were able to, you know, to acquire um, a micro-grow license and have a little farm. Oh, I'd retire so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we're we're based in Quebec, so we're going to have – some of the heavier regulations, I think, across the country, it's going to be 
pretty much the same deal as we have for alcohol, only sold in, in government-run stores. So it's it's interesting to get the take. And I remember when it was first announced and everyone was first picturing it, they're like, oh, everyone and their cousin can open a bakery, can open a dispensary, right. and then and then reality sort of set in. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm super, super excited at the idea of every household being able to grow four plants. I think that's wonderful. I cannot wait until everybody on my street has four plants. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I remember even the, the Quebec government is saying that they're trying to get that part taken away, but uh, we'll see how... We'll see how yeah, that works. I read that. That breaks my heart. I think that's very, very sad. Yeah, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> we will. We will persevere. Yeah, fight them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be here fighting the good fight. Right on. Um. Yeah. So, just as a last little bit, you know, we we've talked a bit about your publication, but haven't gotten too specific on it. What sort of message? Do you actually try and give to, you know, the women mostly? I know you have some male readers as well, but it's obviously mostly geared towards women. What What's the message that you hope that they get when they come across, you know, the herb life? Oh, well, there's no shame in being a cannabis smoker. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that you're lazy or unproductive or anything like that. It um, It's just another option it's another tool in your toolbox if you will so whether you use it recreationally or medically or some hybrid of the two of them that's great and there's no reason to you know be embarrassed or or hide that fact um we really want this magazine to you know we're styling it to be very much like a commercial um mainstream fashion magazine it's just all of the pictures include you know like cannabis um Mm -hmm. because because to us that's totally normal and it's beautiful and sexy and fun and and that's the way it should be awesome yeah you mentioned the magazine can you talk a bit more about that i know that's an exciting new project coming up pretty soon so we'd love to hear a bit more about it excellent yes it's really really exciting so we've been working with um the creative director from Bloom and Grow, her name is Mary Beth Lafferty, and she is, she's fantastic. She's so creative. So we've been putting this together, and we have uh, many writers from across North America writing about everything from, you know, like food trends to um, sexuality to, um, you know, what it's like to be a, like a woman of color living in the States working in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we have this one article that I can't even talk about without getting goosebumps. It's so good. It's written by a woman named Victoria Decker who works at Organigram. And she writes this personal essay about, you know, what it's like to, to talk firsthand with patients and help them find answers to their questions about cannabis and and how that kind of relates to her life as a mother and as a woman and it's just it's so beautifully written and it's not at all like what you normally see coming from larger corporations right i'm really really excited about that it's a very human story it sounds great Honestly, I, I love I love your message. I love the the positive approach you're taking to this. Uh, obviously, it's a positive thing, but to take a completely positive approach, breaking the stigma, the aim to just normalize it and say, hey, this is great and can be great for anybody who wants it to be, uh, I think is just a great message. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's a message of you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dump on what you do. So 
you know, I expect the same sort of treatment. And as long as nobody's getting hurt, everything's fine. You know, we, we really, everything that we do and, and every statement we make has to be rooted in positivity in some way. Right. I love it. So, Jill, can you tell us, uh, tell the people where they can find you? I know you said you're big on Instagram. Tell us where to, where, where to reach you. Okay, sure. So the, the website itself, the URL is theherblifestyle.com. And you can buy the magazine. We're shipping in July, you can, but you can pre-order now. And the website to get that is shopherblife.com forward slash magazine. And then we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're everywhere. Just search for The Herb Life. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you very much. That's our pleasure. Take care. Take care. Bye. Just a I like a I need